At the time of recording this, Sidney Poitier, one of the actors that plays in this movie, was alive. He sadly passed away January 6th, 2022. Uh, therefore, please excuse us for using the present tense at some point when referring to him in this movie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast where we discuss activism in film. We're your hosts, Connie and Nikki. In today's episode, we will be going over the 1967 American film, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, starring Sidney Poitier, Spencer Tracy, Katherine Hepburn, and Katherine Hutton. If you guys haven't seen this movie yet, uh, just to let you know, we really recommend you watch it. Otherwise, that's okay. We're giving you context. Um, although we are warning you, there are many spoilers throughout this analysis. Firstly, this movie is directed by Stanley Kramer, and it displays uh, racial conflicts as well as intergenerational conflicts. The main characters of the movie are Joey Drayton, played by Catherine Hewton, and John Prentice, played by Sidney Poitier. Joey's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Drayton, are played by Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. John Prentice's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Prentice, are played by Roy Glenn and Bea Richards. There's also a significant role, uh, Tilly, the housekeeper, played by Isabel Stanford, as well as Monsignor Ryan, played by Cecil Calloway. The movie is about Joanna, or commonly referred to as Joey, and her new fiancé, Dr. John Prentice, coming back to San Francisco from their trip to Hawaii, about to tell their parents about their engagement. This is before Dr. Prentice has to leave for Geneva that evening to work with the World Health Organization. The movie was made in 1967. This was obviously a transitional period in America due to protests organized by activists like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which led to the Civil Rights Bill passed in 1964, officially outlawing segregation. But this was not a seamless transition. It was only in June of 1967 where all 50 states in the U.S. passed a bill to legalize interracial marriage. In December of 1967, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was released. So the movie starts out... Uh... At the airport, we see Joey and Dr. John Prentice. I, let's just call him Dr. John, I think. Or, Dr. John. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's good to mention doctor right now um, for later. So we see them coming out of the airport. Yeah. And we don't really know that they're a couple until, like, when he puts his hand around her. Yeah, so, so far, it's just the intro music and the credits are rolling and all we see is a white woman and a black man talking together, laughing, and we only assume they're a couple once John puts his arm around Joey. It's cool to think about, though, because at the time they probably thought, oh yeah, a black man and a white woman, but now we're just like, ah, oh, two people walking out of the airport. Yeah, I know, that's great. And the scene ends with them walking to a cab together. So we find out that they're actually taking the cab to go to the Drayton's in order to have dinner, so that's why it's called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, because yeah. we find out that her parents... Never actually met the person she's engaged to. I think what's also important to realize is they got engaged 10 days after meeting each other. Yeah, um, and so they go to... So what happens is Joey goes to her house and she meets with her mom first. And she tells her mom about who she's engaged to. And, and the, it's all happening really fast. Yeah, and the mom is actually really happy with the description that Joey's giving. Joey never mentions race, though. Yeah, she mentions he's a doctor, he's very successful, he's a nice man. Nothing about his race. Yeah, so when the doctor comes out of the mansion doors, because they're rich, yeah. uh, you see jo uh, Joey's mom's face, Miss D Drayton's face, kind of shift. 
Like, she was so happy, and then... Just realizing that, oh, this is an interracial engagement now. And, like, I feel like she was trying to, like, be respectful, but, like, it it was not working. It's very confronting. And it's weird because you see Joey being, like, very accepting of it, and then her parents not being accepting of it. Yeah. And her parents are supposed to be, like, these liberal-minded people in the movie. At least that's what they describe them as. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... And so, of course, the mom doesn't accept this. Not just yet. Not just yet. And then the the dad is even worse. He's completely against it. Yes. So after a certain period of time of uh, getting to know John, um, they start uh, seeing... The, the father starts coming to the scene and uh, seeing that this engagement is interracial. Um, he has... A stronger reaction to the engagement um and even the mother tells him to like cool down this is fine we're gonna fix this but he's like freaking out yeah so the dad is actually actually works for uh i think it was the guardian it was, yeah. he was, he's a, yeah he's a journalist um and he tried they put in a lot of effort to find like he calls one of his co-workers and to look for um a John Prentice. John Prentice, like Dr. John Prentice, and try to, try to find dirt on this guy. Yeah, anything on his record, any blemish at all. But he finds out that instead of a blemish, he's actually a widower. Um, both his, his child and his late yeah. wife uh, died in a plane crash. Was yeah, eight like years the- ago. Yeah. and But he also finds like a lot of great things that John has done. Yeah. Which means that any type of dirt that he would have wanted to find on John in order to go against his marriage is unsuccessful. Yeah. Which kind of lets you confront the fa- idea, the, the the fact that it's because of race. Yeah. The no matter thing- how much they try to not make it about race, they are not accepting of this marriage because of race. Yeah. They could say, oh, but it's dangerous, you know, in the future, it's, they might have a lot of problems. Yeah, that's race. <laughs> that's an issue yeah. on race. It, yeah, it boils down to that. Um, I think it's also important to realize the kind of light they show John Prentice in. You know, he's not like a run-of-the-mill type guy. He's like really, really, really successful. Um, and I think they try to highlight that in the movie to, like you said, show that they're really putting in all this effort to cause problems just because of his um, his racial status. Yeah, it it's almost like because no no one in, like can be that perfect. Like no mm-hmm. one in the world is was is that like such a perfect you know ha- like fiance. Like everyone wants everyone's parents want someone or their child to marry someone like as perfect as John Prentice. Yeah, and so the fact that they made him so perfect in the movie was to really highlight the fact that it wasn't any of his... Like, if they had a blemish, if he had a blemish on his record, well, they would have probably taken that blemish and really, like, went hard at it because they wanted a reason to be non-accepting of the marriage and it not being about race. But since there was no blemish, that's when they're also kind of confronted with the fact that it's race. So, so far we see that Mr. Drayton is totally against this marriage. Mrs. Drayton is a little flexible on it, but still worried, which kind of resembles the same uh, response by the Prentices. Yeah. Um, actually, she is, f- it's not that she's flexible, it's just that she seems like 
the most likely out of the two parents to be end up being accepting of it. Yeah. What she ends up being accepting of it. Um, but let's let's focus on on uh, Dr. John Prentice's parents for a moment because they are also not accepting of the marriage. Yes, but the first impression is the same. Um, he kind of he's on the phone. He describes this amazing girl that he met. How um, they're engaged, and it, it's the father on the other line saying, "Oh, that's amazing! Very happy for you." Um, and then Joey steps in and grabs the phone out of John's hand, invites them to dinner. Invites them to dinner. <laughs> so we have another uh, guess who's coming to dinner. Um, I don't want to call it a problem, but it's definitely a gaslight, and it's also gonna be. It's definitely gonna. Problem. I think she was trying to like make her parents really confront. She's a gaslighter in this whole movie, but good for her. I mean, like, listen, she's she's starting something, and that's yeah. good. It's some, it's something that she needs to start. Because, she's the bravest in this whole because movie because she loves him, and she'll do. And honestly, like in the beginning of the movie, like this dude seemed like a perfect gentleman, and he also seems like the perfect guy. Yeah. Um, with all his accomplishments, so like, why obviously, not? Me, obviously, fight for him. You know. Yeah, it's great. John seems a bit more, because um, he experienced racism first. He experienced racism first. Yeah, he has reason to be worried. So he's he's worried. He even told the dad, um, don't that if he didn't accept the marriage, that there was going to be no wedding in order yeah. to protect Joey. Um, so let's go back to the apprentices. Yeah. So Joey and John decide to pick up the apprentices from the airport, and that's when the apprentices realize that Joey is white, and they obviously respond negatively. Uh, soon after, they arrive at the mansion and meet the Draytons. Now, that's when the conversation amongst the parents start. The moms are having conversations together, and the dads are having a separate conversation alone together. Um, so, the dads are both um, agreeing on the fact that this is not supposed to happen, yeah. and that this shouldn't happen. They're very against it. So, they are trying to find a way to stop it, while the moms are a little more open to yeah, it. Yeah, they seem more sympathetic um, on the side of Joey and John rather than um, the social aspect of interracial marriages. Yeah, they're more focused on their children's happiness and their love for each other than uh, than race. And that's how they kind. That's how they accept it. Yeah. Um, uh, the dads, on the other hand, are really not, not. happy. <laughs> and I also want to add that the parents are fully aware of their children's intentions. They know that, well, the Drains know that the apprentices are not bad people and vice versa. So they know that this is not going to be a matter of, are they thinking logically? Are they responsible? This is more just, you know, the father's trying to look out for their kids. We actually notice that in the private conversation between Dr. John Prentice and Mr. Drayton, Mr. Drayton actually thinks John is a really nice person and a very successful person too, and they hit it off even though he doesn't accept the marriage. So now um, I'm wa- kind of want to get into the generational conflict that goes on in the in the movie. So after the parents have a conversation amongst themselves, um, Mr. Prentice pulls his son aside and talk to talk to him about about what him and Mr. Drayton discussed. Yeah, and during this conversation, we're seeing that the father and son are not seeing eye to eye, eventually leading up to a full-on argument where Mr. Prentice is talking about what his son owes to his parents after so many years of raising him, putting him 
through school and everything. Sacrifice, yeah. Yeah. Um, but of course, Dr. Prentice does not agree to this. Yeah. Uh, he actually says that the older generations are so used to their ways, they're, they are unable to accept the different and, in this case, better uh, ways of the younger generation. Because, you know, Joey and Dr. Prentice, they're like, they're the younger generation. Yeah. They are more accepting of this. It's uh, it's the parents that are non-accepting of this, even though, like we said before, the Draytons are literally supposed to be like liberal-minded. They're supposed to be like more accepting of yeah, this. Yeah, that's what that's what they portrayed in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So in this movie, yes, it's an interracial like uh, conflict, but it's also this generational conflict as well with the yeah. older views versus the younger views. And I think even though the Draytons paint themselves as such liberal-minded, um, the drains, the parents, I mean, um, their view on liberal-minded is not necessarily, um, Joey's and John's view on liberal-mindedness. Yeah. Anyway, towards the end of the, uh, discussion between father and son, um, Dr. John Prentice makes a really beautiful monologue. It's like, it's almost three minutes long, and he starts it by saying, I don't owe you anything, which is really something that I think a lot of children can relate to. The fact that our parents think they did so much for us that the kids now owe them something, even though, and like John said, that's their job. The job was raising them and, and doing everything they could to assure a good future. And now that John has something amazing ahead of him, like this, um, this engagement, his parents are trying to stop him. In another conversation, uh, this time between Mr. and Mrs. Drayton, Ms. Drayton makes the argument that they taught their daughter to be liberal-minded, to paraphrase, they taught their daughter to be kind to everyone no matter of their race. They did not, however, tell her she couldn't marry someone because they're a different race. Now, on the topic of generational conflict, uh, let's talk about Monsignor Ryan. So he is an older gentleman as well, um, who is at, coming to dinner as, as well. He is um, actually pretty accepting of the marriage. Yeah, and even, um, I think, in spite of his um, his status being a Catholic, conservative um white gentleman he is still um he's still able to see past the race and and still look at the couple as a you know just a a nice loving relationship yeah so it kind of shows that despite there being a generational conflict because generational like these different points of views and these different um ideas there is a possibility of uh change and acceptance acceptance, and of open-mindedness um, but there is also another character that we need to talk about, who is Tilly, the, Tilly the, housekeeper. the housekeeper, yeah, who is actually not ex- not accepting of this marriage. Yeah, and she's actually very much against it, and it was made obvious when she was speaking to John Prentice in private. Um, she was yelling at him. Yeah, and she was trying to protect. Um, she was trying to protect Joey as best she could. Because she was a housekeeper and she was there for Joey for her whole childhood. And, I mean, I think it's also important to mention she is a black character in the story. And she still has these prejudices against 
black people. And this is due to, uh, well, the effects of racism. It not only it affects, mm-hmm. affects the mentality as well. And that, it, that's what it's showing. It's showing how, you know, it's not only, like, white people who disagree on this. It's, it's everyone. And that's yeah. because racism, especially at that time, was so deep into people's minds that people would, like, believe these these prejudices and would be against things like this. Yeah. And so that kind of made it even... That makes it even difficult, even more difficult, for people like Joey and John to get married and to just be in a loving relationship because basically both sides are against each other. And I think... Or against this. I think even... there There is a, a difference between Tilly's reaction and um, the Drain's reaction. The Drain's are just there to protect their uh, their status and Joey's status. Tilly, however, really, really thinks that um, that there is something wrong with John. But yeah, that, she doesn't trust yeah, him. That John is somehow dangerous. Um, the somehow is obviously... This is false, yeah, yeah, yes. And this is due to her growing up around people believing this yeah. and saying this to her. So, you know, like, she can't, I honestly, she can't really help it because yeah. that's what she was used to, that's what she's used to. But whether she likes it or not, she is, she ends up uh, having to make dinner for so many people, yeah. including the apprentices. So, finally, I'd like to end this analysis by talking about. Um, Mr. Drayton's uh, monologue, which is done by Spencer Tracy, who did such a good job on this. He basically talks about all the cons of of the interracial aspect of the marriage, mentioning his concerns for the future and why they should be concerned, which is totally valid. However, he ends up saying that he's accepting of this marriage, which is a huge character development on his part. Yeah, because he's, he's taking a consideration of the, the issues that will stem from this marriage, but he's also taking consideration of their love and how, like, they're going to be together, so they're going to support yeah. each other. Which is definitely something that his wife mentioned to him and something that um, Monsignor Ryan also mentioned. So at this point of the movie, pretty much everyone is for this marriage, except for Mr. Mr. Prentice, which, I mean, at this point, that's not really important because they're going to get on with it. It's going to be, like, a happy ending. And, like, Mr. Listen, it's important that he um, accepts the marriage. Uh, you already have Mrs. Prentice that accepts it, so that's, like, something that's, like, an influence for him. Yeah. Uh, but also, Mr. Drayton says that, like, while the two are away to that to Geneva because they're actually they're the whole movie is basically in this one day <laughs> where they're they're gonna leave that evening. Yeah. Um, that he's going that while they're away he's going to um try to change the minds of Mr. Prentice. Yeah. So he ends the speech um by saying that and and the movie ends with them having dinner together. So how is this movie activism? Well, it was actually said by Cindy Poitier in a 2020 interview with the American Film Institute uh, that this movie was not made for the awards or the entertainment aspect of it, um, but simply just to highlight that even though interracial marriage was legal, um, it is still highly stigmatized by those who still had those conservative views on race. So back then in 1967, it wasn't necessarily ahead of its time, 
but it was activism because it had to change the minds of those who were still stuck in the past. Yeah, um, because it was legalized in June, uh, it was June 12th, 1967, and then December 12th was when the film came out. Yeah. So it was supposed to initiate conversation and make people more open-minded. So overall, what are your thoughts on the movie? Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I think Sidney Poitier always plays really powerful characters, and he played an amazing role in this movie. Yeah, um, this it definitely wasn't an exception. He played a really amazing character, uh, you know, a doctor, a gentleman, just everything. And uh, I agree, I think this movie is really amazing. I still watch it. I still think it's enjoyable and a really good viewing. And also, it's great to look at, at that time, like their views and what they thought of something that for us now is normal. It's perfectly yeah. all right, you know? Um, but back then, it you know, you kind of see that at the time it was not, even if it was legalized, it was not seen uh, positively. Yeah, um, this is definitely a historical classic for me. For sure. Um, so thank you guys for listening, and we really hope you tune in to the next episode. And again, if you haven't seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, we highly recommend you go watch it.